Gardens and served over Tex-Mex risotto topped with cilantro, house-made crema, and salsa matcha. Brackleton's Flatiron Steak. Good food is good mood. Brackleton's Main Street, downtown Sheridan. Rap Plumbing and Heating has been serving Sheridan and the surrounding area since 2010. Being fully licensed, bonded, and insured, you can rely on them to handle all of your plumbing and heating needs. New construction, remodels, or repairs to existing systems, Rap Plumbing and Heating can do it all, and they come highly recommended. Here is what some of their clients have to say. Very professional, friendly, and fast. Rap Plumbing and Heating did a great job within our budget. We appreciated their fast callback time, and they left no mess behind. Thank you, Rap Plumbing and Heating, for your service, and I want to say that we're proud to recommend you to others. This is Dan Rapp of Rap Plumbing and Heating. My crew and I work hard to exceed your expectations on all your plumbing needs. We pride ourselves on top quality workmanship and thank all of our customers for their recommendations. I like to say, if you find a leak, let Dan take a peek. Schedule an appointment today at 752-1844. Would you look at the time? It's tax time. You already know H&R Block does taxes, but here's what you may not know when you file with H&R Block, like how you can get expert help in person or virtually. Plus, our tax pros average 10 years of experience. You can even request to work with the same tax pro every year, and your biggest possible refund is always guaranteed. No one offers more ways to help with your taxes than H&R Block. At H&R Block, help is here. Hi, this is Barb from your family-owned H&R Block in Sheridan. Visit us today. Do you have simple tax returns, but you're still confused on how to prepare them? Cloud Peak Accounting can help. Cloud Peak Accounting will prepare your simple tax return while you wait. Not sure if your tax return qualifies as simple? Just call them to find out, and then set up an appointment to get your taxes done while you wait. Call Cloud Peak Accounting at 307-684-5519. That's 307-684-5519. Or visit them online at cloudpeakcpa.com. It started out as free. But then they said it would only be a few cents a day. What you're hearing is real. It may be happening to you. It ended up being a lot every month. These are the voices of frustration. I pay for streaming video, then the cloud storage, then streaming audio. Where does it end? This is the sound of nickel and diming syndrome. It's a real thing. It is a real thing. I just want to hear my music. Is that so wrong? There is hope for millions of people. There's radio. Radio? Radio with zero down and zero per month. Radio delivers all the news, music, and entertainment you want when you want it for free. No usernames, passwords, or Wi-Fi connection required. Here's my card number. It's 7354. Shh, don't speak. When you listen to a Sheridan Media radio station, you'll never need that. This is so wonderful. <laughs> yes, it is. The cure for nickel and diming syndrome. I could use a hug. <laughs> it's radio. No subscription required. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program, brought to you by Eliason Financial. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whitey. If you doubt it, watch this. This was the scene at the White House today. Take a careful look at this. You've never seen anything like it. 
roaming off by himself. He throws his hands up. He's looking around, looking for somebody to talk to, and nobody will. He's just desperate to have conversation with someone, anyone. That's the President of the United States in his own house. It's brought to you by Eliason Financial. Now, I got a question for you. Do you ever wonder who the person is on our emergency calls to 911? All we know about them is their voice. They're calm. They're collected during the most intense, stressful moments in our lives. This is why National Public Safety Telecommunications Week is observed every second week in April. It has been put aside to recognize and celebrate the work of telecommunicators helping to save millions of lives every day. Throughout the week of April 10th through the 22nd, we take some time to honor and thank our telecommunicators who have continued to serve in this very demanding profession. And joining me this morning is the Sheridan Chief of Police, Travis Koltiska, and communications technician, Becca Hartman. Good morning. Sorry about the little uh, hiccup this morning. <laughs> All good. Hey, we're here. Good morning, Floyd. Boards, I'm telling you, they're, they're, they're fun. <laughs> Technology. <laughs> yeah, we were having a conversation about that even before the show. How great is it? Uh, in our lives until it doesn't work right. Yes. Right? And Becca, how are you? Good. You doing okay with the wind outside? This is probably the worst I've seen the wind. Yeah, it could settle down a little bit. Oh, it's a little crazy, isn't it? Now, uh, tell us a little bit about your background. Where'd you grow up? Um, I grew up just north of Billings in a little small town, Broadview. Graduated with not very many people and came down here to go to Sheridan College. Not very many people. Not I've se- many I've seen people. a graduating class of one before. Oh, we're a little more than that. <laughs> <laughs> Just slightly? Yeah. 10, 15? I think we had 22 in my class. Oh, that's not bad. six in the class following. So, so about a KC size yes. town. Something KC, like that. Claremont. Mostly rural, mm-hmm. uh, probably lots of farming, yep. ag community. And is that how you grew up? Kind of in uh, the um, farm? Yeah, we did spend a little time in Denver growing up. My dad um, works in cybersecurity, and then we moved back to the family farm while I was in high school. And um, my dad and brother now do barley and wheat. Out oh there, wow, so. wow! Yep. Going going from cybersecurity to nope, I want to get my hands back in the dirt. That's yep. pretty cool. Yeah, back to the family. So so was there aspects of like your father's job when he was uh doing security that kind of helped influence you into this line of work um no i was going to college down here i worked at shipton's and the manager there had been an officer and his wife actually worked in the records department of the police department at the time they had an opening and they were just both seriously strongly considering me to apply i filled out a 26-page packet, and wow. I was like, this is a bit much. <laughs> <laughs> 26 pages? Yeah. It's, 30, it's 32 now. Oh, um, my goodness. It. <laughs> yeah, you, you Talk about a test of patience getting through the front door. That's yeah, absolutely Yeah, it was a little amazing. overwhelming as a college student. What, so, what did it entail, 26 pages? Just um, well, they aren't aiming it at the 20-something-year-old, I don't think. They <laughs> want to know every aspect of your... Um, life essentially to make sure that you know you're not hiding anything and i wouldn't say it's it's just intimidating because of the length yeah and a lot of the pages are like where have you lived well i only had like three residences where someone else might have six and fill up the whole page yeah and we have modified it since then because that was a a factor with how 
But it is incumbent upon us to have, make sure that we have, do a very thorough check. If anybody we hire, and, and the communications technician position is just as important as an officer that they have such critical and sensitive information, we need to have the highest moral character in, uh, to, in that position. But we have modified now. Part of that old 26 con- consisted of an application and a personal history statement, which was a lot of your background. And so now we do the shorter application, and then if you make it through our initial review, you'll do the personal history questionnaire after the fact. So just so it's not quite so intimidating, because we, we figure that's a, there's a, probably a handful of people out there who have looked at it and went, uh, nope. Yep, and I'm much. done. Yep. yep, and I'm done. And so we want to avoid that and make sure that it's not a uh, something that detracts people from applying. Yeah, but uh, I, I completely agree. You guys do deal with some very sensitive information. Um in your line of work, you hear from people in their most compromising times. And uh, so what exactly does a communications technician do? So especially in Sheridan, we handle pretty much everything that comes into the police department from full-on emergencies, you know, we're talking life or death, to you just have a question about some city ordinances or need to talk to, I mean, animal control the chief, the next person, um, everything comes through us. And as far as not, sorry, (laughs) once you get into the actual dispatching part, we do fire medical law enforcement. Wow. That's the bulk of it. So anything that you're calling in, we're taking and determining who needs to go, which resources in the county go. Wow. So as a dispatcher, Part of my duty is knowing who needs to be where. Mm-hmm. So it's almost it's it's almost an organizational type of. Uh, it's like a triage. Yeah, it absolutely is a hundred percent. So I, you go down your list. This person needs to be there. These guys need to go, and they're gonna need an ambulance. Uh, mm-hmm. Now I can remember uh, during my time in the military, we had like a nine line uh, medevac that we had to follow, and this was just nine things that we had to tell our base, i.e. our dispatcher, of what we need medically on site right now. So do you have to consider things like that as well as you're taking a call and the individual's like, oh, I, you know, Jerry fell. Uh, he may have broke his back. So you're like, all right, I'm going to need a backboard. I'm going to need this. Or does the ambulance pretty much already come equipped to handle any situation? Our ambulances come fully equipped to pretty much handle any situation. Um, but we do have a medical program that we run through, and it will, based on your answer to the question, shunt you to the next appropriate questions and can better advise EMS as to what they're walking into so that they know I need to grab a backboard out of the rig or or a breathing mm-hmm. apparatus of some sort, something yeah. like that, to treat uh, the individual who's having a really bad day. Yeah. Now, what training does one have to complete to be a fully-fledged communications technician. Is there a lot to this? Um, there's quite a bit. You go to, I think they just cut it back to a week at the academy down in Douglas, the communications. It's still 80 hours, but one week of it is on-site. It used to be two weeks in Douglas. Now it's a week in Douglas, and it's a week of independent learning. So it's still 80 hours of a, of a basic training. Yeah. Now, did COVID change that, or was that just yeah. a, a, Yes. So. Yep. The short answer is yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, changed totally a lot. understand. Military did the same thing. Yeah. Uh, some schools were four or five weeks long, and then all of a sudden, two weeks and three to four weeks of 
self-learning. Yeah. Uh, done at home over the computer. And then you do, I think it equals about to four months of uh, in-house training. Where oh, you wow. Have someone sitting with you and instructing you and you're paired up with a training officer. And then I think it's about a week of emergency medical training where you learn the program and go through their training. That's online now. That is incredible. So for a third of a year, you're left seat, right seat writing. Mm-hmm. And uh, can you reach back? I mean, how long have you been in this position? Um, I'm finishing up seven years here. So. Wow. So, Fantastic. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> seven years. Yeah. So can you remember your your four months, and, and was it a stressful time for you? Was there ever a point where you're like, man, I don't know if I can handle this. This is kind of crazy. No, but it was. it's a lot of information. There are moments that you just feel like you're maybe never going to remember. Like you don't know how you're going to retain it all. But then the more repetitive you get, the more it just sticks. Mm-hmm. I always say we're, every day that you're doing the little calls, and the minor things, all it is is practice for the day that the big thing comes along. So you'll be ready for it at a much more intense, high-caliber level. Do you, did you ever find yourself practicing, like, your, your tone, your calm tone? I don't know. I, I'm pretty monotone. All right. Yeah, just in general. I don't, I've never had a problem with that. Um, I was terrified to answer the phone. I had no problem talking on the radio for the officers, but for whatever reason, talking to strangers on the phone and not knowing what they were going to say and know if I had the answer, that was my hang-up in training. And I, I imagine that's only because you don't want to let anybody down. Yeah, it's not really like not, an intimidation thing. It's yeah, just, just not knowing the answer to the question. Yeah, because you're the one who's supposed to know, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. in your time, in your seven years now, uh, and, and those individuals call and you don't know, but now you know how to get the information. Exactly. It's all about knowing your resources of how to acquire what they're looking for. And so you had some friends. They looked at you. They're like, you know what? We think you'd be great for this. Go fill out this novel and, <laughs> and come back and tell us what you think. Did you? Was there like a sense of inspiration? I get to be part of this team or anything like that that really fed this? Um, I just um, A lot of it was because I didn't know what I was going to do after college. And then once I got into the environment, I mean, I love dispatching, but I love doing it here for the police department. Obviously, I've not done all my seven years here. I've not done it everywhere else. But the team environment and how closely we get to work with the officers is what I just absolutely love about the way we dispatch here. uh, Chief, are, are there dispatch centers, I believe, like in the larger cities? You never see the team that you really work with? 100%. And even we have a a communications technician we hired about a year and a half ago who came from a larger center up in the Bozeman-Gallatin County area, and it was an independent center. And that's one of the things she talks about highly like Becca does is that that team atmosphere that we have here, they had no relationships with any agencies, with the sheriff, any of the police departments. any. They were a regional center that dispatched for multiple – I mean, we do multiple agencies, but it's all here in Sheridan County, so we all have that personal relationship. Um, but what we really stress here, too, is the communications team. They are a, they're a vital link in our team, of our patrol team, and, and so they, they model the same schedule, which wasn't always the case in my time here. They follow right along with the teams, and they, the, she has been working with the same, Becca's been working with the same p- 
patrol teams, other than minor shakeups when there's promotions, but essentially the same patrol teams for, we try to put them together for a considerable amount of time so that, because I can think back to my times answering the call for radio, and it's really comforting hearing that voice on the radio that you know, you know, you've worked very closely with them and, and knowing that, that, that everything that they're going to get you is what you need. And it, it is a very comforting feeling when you're, when you when you have that relationship that you built when you're the troop in the field having Absolutely. that voice it's it's it, that's that's great to hear it's not just the person on the other end having a bad day it's the officers too that are out there they're going okay it's becca right on i don't have to worry about anything she's i know she's going to get the information i need i know i'm not, i'm not walking anything blind whereas if you've got a regional center somewhere where this 100 miles away never met just, that you person. may not you may not know yeah i'm yeah. not saying they won't do a good job but it's it's a different feeling it really is as a, as an officer responding when you have that personal investment mm-hmm. you know you don't want to let your team down and i'm not saying that those people at those regional centers like you said don't do a great job but they don't have that personal investment i gotta be there for those guys yep and girls out there in the in the field uh all right we're going to take a quick commercial break when we return we're going to continue with your sheridan police department this is public pulse on 930k roe 103.9 FM. Share it. We're getting ready to tee it up. The grass is greening up, and things are happening at Kendrick Golf Course. Kendrick looks to be in great shape, and the clubhouse is prepped and ready for use. While there are a lot of new things happening, rates are still extremely reasonable, making Kendrick Golf Course Sheridan's best golf value. Whether you're an avid golfer or someone just picking up the game, Kendrick is a perfect place for you. Play this season at Kendrick Golf Course. Today isn't just another ordinary day. It's time for you to make a career change. And your locally owned McDonald's in Sheridan, Buffalo, and Gillette would like you to join their team. Owner Larry Storo. Bob, you can earn up to $15 per hour. And even better is that you can work today and get paid tomorrow. We'll help you improve your career potential with benefits that include health insurance, paid vacation, tuition assistance, flexible scheduling, food discounts, and more. Apply in person today at your locally owned McDonald's in Sheridan, Buffalo, and Gillette. Pittsburgh Paint, with over 135 years of product expertise, is now available at the Sheridan Commercial Company. Hi, Kurt Smith here. You will now find Pittsburgh Paint at the Sheridan Commercial Company. Pittsburgh Paint is a leader in quality and product innovation and built to perform for the job at hand. Now with two great paint brands, precise color matching, architectural and homeowner paints and coatings, plus a large inventory, it only makes sense to get your paint at the Sheridan Commercial Company at 303 Broadway, open seven days a week. You already know H&R Block does taxes, but you may not know you can get expert help in person or virtually, or that our tax pros average 10 years of experience. You can even request the same tax pro every year, and your biggest possible refund is always guaranteed. At H&R Block, help is here. All tax situations are different. Not everyone gets a refund. Limitations apply. See hrblock.com slash guarantees. Hi, this is Barb from your family-owned H&R Block in Sheridan. Visit us today. It's the Country Bounty hopping down the Hidden Bunny Trail contest. All you have to do is find a health nut ad in next week's Country Bounty. Locate the Hidden Easter Bunny, then go to SheridanMedia.com and click on the Hidden Bunny banner. Choose the correct location of the bunny in the health nut's bounty ad, and the winner will be randomly selected from the correct entries will win a $100 gift certificate from Frackleton's. So next week in the Country Bounty, hop on down the Health Nut Hidden Bunny Trail, and you may be the winner. 
Volunteers of America is excited to announce the Empty Bowl event is back. Join us at the Sheridan Fairgrounds on April 28th from 5 to 6.30 for great soups, live music, and family-friendly fun. Your ticket purchase provides important services for our neighbors in need. Tickets are available now online at voanr.org backslash empty ball. This event is supported in part by Sheridan Media. Welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by Eliason Financial. I'm Floyd Whiting. Check us out on Facebook. Pulse is streaming there live, and you can put a face to the voice. This morning, I am joined by Sheridan Chief of Police, Travis Koltiska, and Communications Technician, Becca Hartman. It is National Public Safety Telecommunications Week. This is observed every second week in April to recognize and celebrate the hard work of telecommunicators that help to save millions of lives every day. If you're just joining us, Becca's been telling us a little bit about herself and what it takes to be a communications technician, more commonly known as a dispatcher. Becca, we've talked about your background, a bit about training. Uh, What does a typical shift look like for you? How long are you there in the seat? Um, our usual shift for us is 12 hours. So we either run 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. or 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. Wow. Wow. A 12-hour shift. Mm-hmm. Uh, within that given amount of time, you're not just answering phones. Uh, you're organizing. You're keeping track of where everyone is in the field, things like that, right? Correct. We Anything that an officer calls over, we're doing their traffic stops for them. If they are on a call, we're running the calls on our end for them. Any information... Um, We have a lot of paperwork that comes through the office as well, wrapping up officers' cases, putting it in the computer system, um, entering warrants, runaways, all sorts of stuff into the national system as well. So I'm going to go a little bit off of our prepared work here. But I got a question where it's something that I've I've asked the chief, uh, the captain, about. You have to hear people in some of their toughest times, does it ever wear on you emotionally? Do you ever walk away from the job? And I'm, I'm not trying to discourage you. It takes, no. I'm just saying it takes a lot of strength It does and to do this job. I'm a really hard compartmentalizer. I just tell myself I don't really know these people. Yeah. My job's here to help them. And the outcome after that is I've done the best of my abilities. My guys have done the best of their abilities, and that's where I tend to leave it. It's that call to action. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what keeps you going. Is it, it, would I dare say, a sense of duty? Yeah. Yeah. You're showing up. This is what you're doing, and that's. Yeah, without you. I mean, <laughs> no one shows up. You know, you're, you're pretty essential. And, and what, where do dispatchers fall in the command control structure? So I know, like, uh, Chief, is uh, he the head guy, or or do you, uh, because you dispatch a lot of different organizations. So we work for the police department, so we follow along with the police department's structure. We are assigned, like, I have my dispatch partner, and then my patrol team, and I have my own sergeant and corporal who, they're not dispatchers, but they're still my next um, ranking, and then if as far as it goes for outside departments, they have to kind of follow through our structure as well. They wouldn't come straight to me if they have a problem, per se, with dispatch. They would 
go to the correct lieutenant or captain. So you have a partner, mm-hmm. just like uh, uh, detectives on the street, and uh, you've got somebody yep. that you can rely on and depend on. How close is that relationship? Um, you have to get along pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 12 hours every yeah. day, yeah. You should spend more time with them than you do with your spouse. So, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Hope you're high-fiving, right? But like, what's, yeah. neat, what's neat about that, too, is when you see two of them that have worked together for a while and a critical call hits, they just, just like goes on autopilot. They know what each other's doing. They are getting on radios, getting on the other's radio when one's taking the call. It's pretty impressive to watch that that relationship when it's been developed, how that pans oh, out yeah. and how it works. Yeah. It's like a seamless transition. How how vital is it, you know, when your partner looks at you and you can say more with a look than five minutes of exposition? Mm-hmm. Pretty know. important to get stuff done. Yeah. Honestly, and you just, you know, it's the same with the team aspect with the guys. You're just... You just flow. Yeah. You start to learn everything. And and those critical seconds are saved, mm-hmm. uh, which is absolutely vital. What is the favorite, your favorite part of your job? I would say resource management. I'm a very organizational person, so when something big happens, that's when I'm in my prime. Like, who are we sending? How many do we have? Where is Where are we allocating everyone? That's just resource management. Resource management. Right on. <laughs> So doing your taxes, you're actually pretty good. At, uh, <laughs> don't have to go to anybody to get those done. Now, Chief Kotiska, how how will the Sheridan Police Department and the city of Sheridan celebrate National Public Safety Com- Telecommunications Week? Well, just Monday at the council meeting, we had a uh, proclamation read. That So next week there's a proclamation signed by Mayor Bridger uh, recognizing the important work of our own communications. We recognize this National Telecommunicators Week, but I recognize our own um, communications technicians, we call them here now, because it really has evolved. To, you know, dispatch is kind of like calling a police officer a cop. So, oh, okay. Cop, you know, it's, it's it's not offensive. It's it's just kind of a slang term for it. They do dispatch resources, but our technicians do so much more. It really is a technical professional position with all the technology that's in there and all the things that they are responsible for. Um, so I worked, um, upon taking the chief's position, worked to, to move that from a communications officer to a communications technician and and really recognizing all the additional work they do. Absolutely. Um, we're going to try to do some you know, awareness campaigns. Um, I may be letting the cat out of the bag, but our Facebook page, watch for it. We're going to try to highlight some dispatchers over the week. So, again, trying to put that face to, yeah. to somebody who's called in and, and has heard has had the communications officer help them over the radio. They can really put that, that face to the voice that they've heard. A little re- and just some, some other recognition, just some thanks for, to, to the, all the hard work they put in. Because, you know, we've said it here. If it wasn't for them, there's nobody coming. Absolutely. You know, it, they, are that, they are that link to somebody needing help and, and getting help. And without them and the, the excellent job they do, that just doesn't occur. Becca, thank you so much for what you do every single day. And your dedication, seven years in, I imagine this is going to be uh, for a while. Yeah. While we hope so. <laughs> yeah. It better be. <laughs> Chief, Becca, thank you both for taking time with us today. I greatly appreciate it. Thanks, Floyd. All right. When we return, we're going to hear an interview I had with the new emergency management coordinator. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE. 103.9 FM. Share it. Parker Mellinger provides business advisory services tailored for you specifically to help your business become compliant, tax efficient, organized, and strategically aligned with your goals. 
think of us as part of your team. You will rest more comfortably knowing that you are covering all of your financial bases and making informed decisions. Contact us today. Parker Mellinger. Our focus is where you're going, not where you've been. Your needs and your goals. You won't be plugged into a one-size-fits-all model. This is Jeff Tomlinson, financial advisor and branch manager at Stiefel. We practice a service model where our clients can share their vision and ask questions. Regardless of your situation, our guidance is driven by your investment needs. Call us at 307-672-3434 to talk about your financial goals. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. A great meal that benefits a great cause. The Knights of Columbus Lenten Fish Fry Dinner, 4.30 to 7 o'clock this Friday, April 8th at 301 East Brundage in Sheridan. Tickets are $12 a person or $50 for a family. This year's meals are takeout and shut-in delivery only. And this week's proceeds benefit the Legacy Pregnancy Center. For shut-in delivery, call 672-0936. The Knights of Columbus Fish Fry Dinner this Friday at Rodolini Hall where the Knights of Columbus meet. Have you tried the weekday lunch buffet at the Ramada Plaza by Wyndham? It's every Tuesday through Friday. Grab a table and then make your way to the buffet where you'll enjoy a soup, salad, entree, and the dessert bar for just $12. Yes, you heard right. It's only $12. It's the perfect place to go where you don't have to wait. And there's no background noise. The weekday lunch buffet. Tuesday through Friday at the Ramada Plaza by Wyndham. Try it out. When you're in pain, it causes stress. Even minor pain is telling you something's not right. And early detection is the best path to relief. Make a call to Dr. Colin Hardy of Atlas Chiropractic. Not only can he alleviate your pain, but also reduce physical stress and boost and maintain proper immune system function. Chiropractic is a natural immune booster. With each adjustment, they're not only supporting the central nervous system through proper spinal function and alignment, but also stimulating and strengthening the immune system by removing nerve interferences and stressors that can drag it down. Call 307-672-6000 for details and scheduling with the top chiropractic clinic in Sheridan, Atlas Chiropractic. This is Dr. Colin Hardy with Atlas Chiropractic. Be sure to ask us about our new patient specials. Take the first step to a better you. Call 672-6000. That's 672-6000. Your healing begins when you pick up the phone. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse for our second guest this morning. I was joined by Sheridan County Emergency Management Coordinator, Jesse Ludekaus. The mission of the Sheridan County Emergency Management Team is to lessen the effects of a disaster on the lives and property of Sheridan County through leadership, coordination, and support. I am joined this morning by Sheridan County Emergency Management Coordinator, Jesse Ludekaus. Yes. All right. So first off, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Now, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, where'd you grow up? So I grew up in Southern California. Um, and uh, yeah, I was born in, well, I was born in Texas, but I uh, grew up in Redlands, California. And uh, yeah, I graduated from school there and spent most of my time in Southern California. What brought you all the way up here to Wyoming? Well, um, I was a police officer for 13 years, uh, and then um, I was injured during the Tubbs fire, which was a big wildfire just like the Boulder fire. And um, after I was injured during that, 
um, I medically retired from law enforcement. So um, I was injured during those that, that big wildfire. And as soon as my retirement was, was pretty much completed, I said, I'm getting out of California. So, yeah, uh, I would have left much sooner if I could have. But um, the retirement system was really good there. And uh, But once I was no longer shackled to that, I was quickly out of that state. So when it came to California, uh, were you in a, a, a metropolitan area? Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of Californias that way. Um, Southern California, yes. Uh, half my career was in the city of San Bernardino. And then the other half of my career was in the city of Santa Rosa. And that's where I eventually retired from. Wow. Those, are those rough places? Are they considered rough places for law enforcement? I mean, do you guys see a lot when you were there? Yeah, the city of San Bernardino is is a very rough city. Uh, we would usually deal with 65 to 75 homicides a year. And we oh had a higher crime rate than the city of Compton. Holy cow. Yes. Can't even imagine having to go to work every day like that. So things like uh, emergency response, something you're quite used to. Yeah, and that was part of the reason why this was such a good fit for me was because uh, in my law enforcement career, we spent a lot of time responding to all kinds of emergencies from floods, um, wildfires, earthquakes, um, and uh, just you know, major homicide cases and things like that. So you're, you're coming to the table with quite a bit of experience underneath your belt, uh, especially for things that I'm, I'm hoping Wyoming never sees. So what is that like, that stark contrast coming out of an area that I guess you could say chaotic in, in some terms uh, to some place that's so calm and com- compared? Uh, it's amazing. So, um, it, it, it's a great place to work if you want the action, but uh, it's not a great place to raise a family. And so uh, we, you know, I took this opportunity to get my family out of the toxic environment that was California. And um, my kids go to school here now, and, and it's a much better lifestyle and something that I've really appreciated that this community has really supported us and accepted us. And um allowed my children to thrive in a way that they never did in California. So uh, we love it here. So you are a family man. Oh, yes, I am. Now, what are the duties of an emergency management coordinator? Oh, I have a lot of uh, responsibility within the county. Uh, First and foremost, uh, the emergency manager is the direct contact for Homeland Security for the state. So uh, although I am hired by the county, I'm appointed by the governor, so it's, it's an appointed position by the governor himself. And so um, the job really entails me planning for any kind of likely emergency within the county. And then if something does happen, then my job is to hopefully manage the emergency and then provide guidance to the elected officials on how to best address those emergencies but if the emergency itself goes beyond the scope and the ability of the county, then it's my responsibility to then reach out to the state and to let them uh, know that we need help and assistance. And at that point, I'll make that phone call to Homeland Security at the state level, and then they can provide additional resources. So it's really about planning, preparing, and then um, responding to any kind of emergency that could be within the county. 
Now, do you have contingency plans written up? Uh, what to do ifs kind of sitting around, uh, plans ready to put into action should anything happen right away? Yeah, so the county has a very large document, well over 500 pages, that is our emergency operations plan. And inside that plan has everything from floods, wildfires, uh, now pandemics, um, mass casualty events, uh, anything that, that would be likely within the county. And then if those events happen, then we can go to that document and we can see exactly how we're going to respond, and it's already pre-planned. What would you say is the most important part of your job? When, when you sit down and you're like, this is one thing that I, I couldn't miss or I, I can't mess up when the time comes, what would you say that that was? If you fail to plan, then you plan to fail. And so planning is by far the most important, I think. Um, you know, we hope that nothing major happens, and but we do plan for the worst case scenarios. And so um, if I've done my job properly, then we have plans in place to respond to most any eventuality um, in one way or another to hopefully protect lives and to protect property and then to mitigate any type of disaster. If a disaster does come, which they will come, um, you know, we just try to lessen the effect on the community as best as possible. So humor me for a second, Jesse. Um, one of these plans is the sum of all fears, uh, kind of the uh, nuclear deterrent type of uh, plan. Uh, is it there? Do, do we have one for Sheridan? <laughs> we do have stuff for nuclear radiation and biological uh, releases. Um, but really the plan is to scream for help and, <laughs> and get help. So yeah. when we have a major event of that kind of scale, um, my responsibility in that would be to hold down the fort until the cavalry comes. Uh, so, yeah. um, and, and somebody of a much higher level. And so the state does have, and the whole region has a response team that's run by the, the military. And so if something like a nuclear device goes off or something like that, then they have a response team that could be here within an hour and a half. They have their own medical team. They have their own helicopters. They have their own staff and everything else, and that is their responsibility. They were developed after 9-11, and so they can quickly respond to our community or any community that would be um, affected by anything like that. I imagine that uh, that event, 9-11, probably changed uh, the way that emergency management coordinators all over the country, uh, not just how they perform their job, but how, what they had to look at. You know, I'm sure that beforehand they probably didn't think that, you know, a terrorist attack would happen anywhere in the United States. And now it, is, is it something that I'm sure it's not at the forefront of your mind, but it is something that we have to be concerned with uh, in this modern day and age, uh, whether that be domestic or foreign terrorist action. Uh, it, does that come down on top of you as well, uh, something like that? Yes. Um, a lot of our funding that's for my position, it, it we must include terrorist-related activities in those plans. Before 9-11, it was really something that uh, major cities and states and the federal government kind of focused on, and it wasn't really handled on a local level. But after 9-11, a lot of that did get 
uh, you know, brought into the more local level on how to respond to those incidents. And the emergency manager position that I currently hold, um, a lot of counties didn't have, especially smaller counties, didn't have this kind of position. They had emergency operations plan, but they didn't have somebody specifically to plan and prepare and exercise the plans. So um, 9-11 changed a lot of that, and a lot of federal requirements came out that counties had to prepare for emergencies, and then they provided grant funds to make sure that these positions were funded. Wow. Uh, the time we live, right? Yes. Um, now, what what inspired you to accept the position in the first place? Was it just the lo- – you were like, you know, that's a great job, it's a beautiful location, or was there something a little bit more than that? So I moved here to Sheridan before this job became available. So um, I actually was working at uh, Westview Healthcare Center for a while. And um, so we had moved to Sheridan before this opportunity became available. So uh, what really prompted me to take this position or even to apply was when I was responding to the Tubbs fire that was in Santa Rosa, um, there was no emergency plan for that kind of disaster that had taken place, or none that I at least knew of as a police officer. We were scrambling for a couple of days just just to figure out what was going on and how to respond. And I felt very underprepared and um, really at a loss And so I didn't want that to happen to the community here. And so um, when I saw this opportunity that this position was becoming open and available, I really wanted to hopefully prepare this community and to ensure that, you know, people didn't die like they did in the Tubbs fire. Um, Not only did I respond to that fire, but, but my family and I, we lost everything in that fire. So our house also burned to the ground during that. And so, um, you know, the disaster on top of disaster really hit home. And so how could I not apply for this position with, you know, my law enforcement experience, the fact that I have a master's degree in public administration, um, you know, and and all the other experiences that I've had in my personal life, I thought I would be a good fit because not only have I planned and trained for other disasters – but I've also lived through them, and so I can bring not only just the the thought process of how to plan for one, but what actually happens during those. And, and things look great on paper sometimes, but actually living through it, there's no experience like that. And and that I can I can fully understand. Now, what would you say would would be the most challenging aspect of uh, coming into a new position? and getting to know everybody up at up at City Hall or the up at the county, um, what would you say is the most challenging part of your job so far? It is learning all the different players within the community, um, you know, getting to know all the mayors and all the elected officials and the police chiefs and the fire chiefs. And, and I'm, I'm still surprised by the number of fire districts that we have in this county. Um, and, and getting everybody to to continue to work together for emergency preparedness and getting everybody to the table, which they've been great at. It's just learning who they are and, and making sure I include everybody. Um, 
And so the biggest challenge, though, has been really there's so many different grant requirements and there's so many different requirements and strings that are attached by the federal government on my jobs, on my job and learning what those are and go. And so I've been spending a lot of time in training classes and things like that, learning about all kinds of different aspects of this, this assignment. So although I have the experience in law enforcement, emergency preparedness really encompasses much more than just law enforcement. It has to deal with fire and, you know, um, public health and, and everything else that you can think of in the community. And so it's really learning how to, who the experts are in those fields within the community and bringing them to the table so that they can supplement what I don't know, because I don't know everything and I never will. Exactly. And and I would have to say uh, uh, in that we, we do share something, and that is getting to know the experts. Uh, as a journalist, you know, that's who I want to go to. That's who I want to ask the questions of. And so having it, it's much more of a challenge than what I think people believe or know out there in the general public. Uh, there's a lot of people who know, but usually there's only a handful of individuals who are true experts in in various subject matter. So you said you, you, you hold a master's degree in, in public administration? That's correct, yes. Now, what inspired you to, to do that as, as you were going to school? So... Most people don't realize, but in law enforcement, uh, 50% of police officers that start their career in law enforcement never finish all the way to retirement. And so uh, it was smart of me to, and, and people had told me, you need to get a degree in, in something that you enjoy so that if something happens to you and you can't finish your career in law enforcement, you have something to go back on. And so... Uh, Luckily, I did that because it allows me to be where I am today in this position because I have that not only experience, but I have that training and education. And so that was important to me. And something, a very smart move. Uh, always have always have a backup plan, right? As our county Absolutely. plan, you, even, yes. you have a backup plan. Now, what is the most likely disaster uh, for the Sheridan region as you sit down and you're like, okay, we're going to look at what is more likely to happen than something else. Uh, I'm, I'm right off the top of my head. I'm thinking probably forest fire, maybe flood. Uh, but that would really be just about the only thing I could think of. Yeah. So when it comes to the forest fire portion, luckily, I mean, I have some plans in place, but that's really handled by the fire marshal and, and his department. So I don't have a lot of response to wildfires that's usually handled by the Forest Service and the fire marshal and things like that. Now, obviously, if it starts to encroach into towns, then I would have much more of an involvement in that. But um, so, but for me, in my position, uh, floods, the big flood of 2019 that was here in the community, that just is another example of, of that's the last major disaster that's been here in Sheridan. And Sheridan County and um, that continues and will always be a threat in the spring. So flood probably more likely than anything else. Is the emergency management coordinator responsible for response drills? So have you ever uh, thought about running a scenario or a drill to see response times and, and coordination results? 
Yeah, so part of the planning is not only the planning, but the exercise portion of that, and that's part of my role and responsibilities. And so, yes, we um, uh, part of my requirement is I have to do at least five different exercises each year, and that's part of my grant requirement. So to continue grant funding, we have to do that. Now, four of them can be what we call tabletop exercises, where we all sit down and we practice just in a room kind of thing. And, and kind of think through how response would go. But at least one of them has to be a full-scale exercise where we actually practice it and go through it. And we have one of those planned already for this year. Oh, fantastic. Uh, are we allowed to know when? Well, uh, I won't tell you the, the details of exactly when, but it is going to be up at the airport. So the airport is required to do a full-scale exercise this year. It's part of their funding with and the fact that they have um, they have passenger planes they're required by the FAA to do a, oh, wow. train, a full-scale exercise once every three years. And so, so you guys just partner up? Yeah, because, I mean, that obviously is going to include many different aspects. It's going to include our emergency operations plan, but um, the airport's ability to respond. We have to have numerous casualties as a part of the training exercise, so it'll include all the, you know, the police and the the fire departments and the sheriff's department and the hospital too. Oh wow! So the hospital is involved in this. The, the yes. drill goes all the way over to Sheridan Memorial. Yes, because we have to do some transportation. So we have to transport some some victims um, of this mass casualty, this this event, to the hospital, and then they have to work on it on their part too. So, was there anything when you sat down, you're like, you know what? I think we could really use some improvement in. X, Y, or Z, is there anything that you feel we should focus on as a county within our emergency management coordination? Um, I would like to see some more exercises. There's a lot of stuff in plans, but um, that was, you know, luckily our prior emergency manager did spend time uh, putting together some things that could be improved. Uh, the biggest thing that the county has really supported me on is our emergency operations plan that I was discussing before that has how we're going to respond to everything. The last major update wasn't until well, the last major update was in 2014. Oh, wow. And so and there's a lot that changed since then. So they've agreed that we're going to use a, a contractor to be able to go through that document, because, again, like I said, it's over 500 pages long. And there's only one of me, so <laughs> gonna need a team. <laughs> I need a team of people to help to go through and refresh that that document, and then we can we'll have a good working document to go forward from. Jesse, thank you so much for coming in. I greatly appreciate it, and uh, I look forward to working with you in the future. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time. You've been listening to Public Pulse on 9:30 KROE and 103.9 FM. Sheridan. Rep Plumbing and Heating has been serving Sheridan and the surrounding area since 2010. Being fully licensed, bonded, and insured, you can rely on them to handle all your plumbing and heating. New construction, remodels, or repairs to existing systems, Rep Plumbing and Heating can do it all. And they come highly recommended. Here's what some of their customers have to say. Very professional, friendly, and fast. Rep Plumbing and Heating did a great job within our budget. We appreciated their fast callback time, and they left no mess behind. Thank you, Rap Plumbing and Heating, for your service, and I want to say that we're proud to recommend you to others. 
This is Dan Rapp of Rapp Plumbing and Heating. My crew and I work hard to exceed your expectations on all your plumbing needs. We pride ourselves on top quality workmanship and thank all of our customers for their recommendations. I like to say, if you find a leak, let Dan take a peek. Call today to schedule an appointment, 752-1844. Time is speeding away, and tax time is just around the corner. But don't worry, Cloud Peak Accounting is there to help. They've made your tax experience easier by streamlining their process with new technology and procedures to give you a faster turnaround time for your taxes and therefore less stress for you. Let Cloud Peak Accounting show you how fast it can be to get your taxes done. After all, sometimes speed matters. Visit cloudpeakcpa.com. Is it time to get down on one knee and ask her for her hand? At Legacy Diamond and Gems, finding her dream engagement ring just got easier. Legacy offers hundreds of styles in the store or explore their website for inspiration. Looking for a gorgeous and unique engagement ring? Legacy's in-house jewelers can bring your ideas to life with original craftsmanship and quality second to none. Legacy Diamond and Gem, downtown Sheridan, online at LegacyDiamondGems.com. Wyo Renovation wants you. Well, your house at least. They'll buy your home for cash, no matter what it looks like or what condition it is in. You don't have to do a thing besides contact them. No cleaning, no repairs, no having to leave for showings or make everything just right. And best of all, no realtor or commission fees. Confidential, fast, friendly, and they'll make you an offer on any home. Learn more at wyorenovation.com or... Find them on Facebook. Moss Holders knows tax time can be stressful, so we'd like to help you relax by making your shopping easy. Now through April 16th, the price you see is the price you pay. We'll include sales tax on every item, even marked down furniture. Choose any recliner, any dining set, a sofa or sectional, and don't pay a penny more than the price you see. We'll even include sales tax on every special order. Don't let tax time stress you out. Come to Moss Holders and enjoy our tax included event. That's only at Moss Holders now through April 16th. Moss Holders. Furniture is our passion. Broadcasting from the Jill Bates and Best Team Studio. Brokered by EXP. K-R-O-B. 